morning. Let's stand as we read. Read this all together. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly armies. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, highest heavens and new waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He set them in position forever and ever. He gave an order that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, all sea monsters and ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and cloud, stormy wind that executes his command mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creatures that crawl and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, young men as well as young women, old and young together, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty covers heaven and earth. He has raised up a horn for his people, resulting in praise to all his faithful ones, to the Israelites, the people close to him. Hallelujah. Join together in singing, all creatures of our God and King. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Oh, praise Hallelujah. Fastening sun with golden
and all believers throughout all of time and praising the name of the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the earth. And that's what we've gathered together to do, to give praise to Jesus, only Jesus. Let's sing this. Who has the power to raise the dead? Who can save us from our sins? He is our hope, our righteousness. Jesus, only Jesus. Who, who can make the blind to see? Who 
gather to worship. This is a taste of what it will be like forever and ever when we worship around the throne of the Lamb. When He commands every praise, you will command the highest praise. Yours is the name above all names. You stand alone. I stand alone.
Father, we pray this morning for our core value of sacrificial giving. We pray that you would incline our hearts that we might be the joyful givers that you, uh, that you seek. Father, that uh, we would be willing to, to give our all and, uh, and that uh, our lives might be dedicated entirely 100% to you. We also play, pray this morning for Chris and Rhonda Richard in South America, in Buenos Aires there, and we pray for them as they minister, as they attempt to start churches there in, in that great city. And Father, we pray that you would uh, lead them to and lead to them uh, individuals who need to know the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might be able to lead them to Christ, and Father, that there might be a a vast number of people who come to know you through their efforts there in Buenos Aires. And uh, Father, we also uh, pray this morning for uh, folks here in our own church. So we've got some folks here that, uh, that are uh, ailing. We think of the Christies who are battling COVID right now at home. And also Doug Broughton has is, uh, is come down with COVID. And we pray that they might have a speedy recovery. We thank you that uh, particularly Dave Christie's uh, symptoms seem to be very light. And Father, we thank you for that. We just pray that you would speed the healing of all of these folks, that they might be able to join us once again here. Father, we confess that we have not been uh, the folks that we, that we should be. We have failed you in so many ways. And Father, each and every day we fail you. And Father, particularly as we think this morning of of think of the key value of, of giving, we pray that we might be the cheerful givers that you uh, expect of us. We know that in the past, perhaps we have not been the kind of giver that you would have us to be, but Father, we just pray that, that uh, you might uh, encourage us, you might help us, and through your spirit might uh, help us to be those, the givers, the cheerful givers that you have expected us to be. So, Father, we just uh, dedicate this time to you this morning. We pray that we might indeed be uh, the folks that, uh, the worshipers and, and the people that uh, worship and praise you, that uh, you might be glorified not only here in this service, but, Father, even in our lives as we go out and uh, beat the world. For it's in Christ's name we ask. have verse to read to you, and I guess I better do that before I leave. In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Isn't that good news? Amen. It's good news that when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Would we stand to your feet? We're going to learn a new song uh, this morning, new to us uh, this morning. Um, and it expresses that hope that we have in our God, that he uh, uh, will be with us, that he will forgive us, and he will cleanse us from unrighteousness. So this song is called, Oh Great God. As you get a sense of it, just go ahead and start singing along with us. Oh, great 
And 
to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 24. If you'd like to use the Pew Bible in front of you, it's page 1043. You'll have to go to 1042 because 1043 does not have a number at the top, so you'll have to guess by that. Uh, we are uh, going to, just to give you a little road map, some of you got uh, the little handout that we gave out a couple weeks ago. We're going to be starting a series. Actually, we're going to read through, uh, we're going to go through all of Genesis this year. Uh, here at Hebrew Baptist Church, and we're going to start next week in that, uh, but the Lord kind of put on our hearts, or my heart, to begin as our focus of what 2024 would look like and needs to look like for us at Hebrew Baptist Church, and I'm going to be honest, 
ever since then, uh, the Lord has just done spiritual warfare in my heart for many different ways and many different reasons. And uh, I think it's, it's a reminder to us when God wants to speak his truth to us, the deceiver wants to take it away. And so today, as we think through what the word of the scripture has for us today, I'm praying that just as we, we, we sung, and Mark really wants to probably want to fire me up today with that song because he knows that's my favorite pre-sermon song that we sing, uh, is, is that, that God plants his truth deep in us. Because we don't understand that when we come to God's word, uh, there is spiritual warfare. That the, Satan wants to keep us from honoring and obeying God. And so we want to rem be reminded that we want these truths to go in us and take root and not be snatched away and not die out, but we want them to take root so they produce fruit in our lives. So today, we are going to be challenged for 2024 to make Christ known. So let's read beginning in verse 24 to the end of the chapter. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you. I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's affliction for his body, that is the church. I have become its servant according to God's commission, which was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of his, this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this striving with his strength that works powerfully in me let's pray heavenly father as we have read this word we pray god that you would speak to us its truth that you would challenge us to obedience to dependence to understanding but most of all reliance on you to accomplish it god i pray this morning as we read your word, that God, we would never be the same again. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you a brief example of some things that happened. I don't do this all the time, by the way, but a, an example of things that how Parker, my littlest one who's three, will look for things or, or, or I'm trying to direct him to something. Like his car. He said, where my car? Where my car? You know, and I'll try to point it out. So let's just pretend he's asking for this music stand. Dad, where's the where's the stand? I said, right behind you, buddy. Where's the stand at? Behind you. Turn around. Where is it at, Dad? It's right there, buddy. It's right there. It's over here, Dad. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it at? Turn around, buddy. Where, Dad? Is it over here? Dad, where is, where is the stand? Where is it at? Where is it at? Buddy, it's the thing that's touching you. Where? Where is it at, Dad? The one on your left. Where, Dad? This, go, this could go on a long time until I finally get up and actually say, right here, buddy. Well, you know, 
I believe that there's something that we do often that we're totally missing as Christians in our life, in our spiritual life. It's something so obvious. We know it's there, and we know that we should be doing it, and we know that we would be faithful Christians because of it. And what is that? Making Christ known to those who don't know him. Sharing the gospel. Why is this so important to us as, as a Christian, as a faithful Christian? Well, it's in this moment of sharing the gospel that we are most relying on him. It's a twofold importance. It grows us in our faith in him and it grows us in obedience. Why does it grow in our faith in him? Because we know that God has only called us to obey, not to save. He's only said that we should proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus. He does the saving. He is the God and the mighty one who saves. Yet for us, our job is to just obey. So in this act, if we share, God will save. And yet, in many ways, it's the most missing element of our Christian walk. Because we grow, must grow in obedience, we must do it. We want to grow in faith and trusting him, we need to do it. Sharing the gospel matters to growing as a Christian. And every one of us in this room, when we were that, were, that are saved, at one point, when we trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, and maybe it was when we were baptized, or maybe it was around that those early days, we wanted to race and tell someone about it. We wanted to share it with a family member, a friend. We wanted to invite them to our baptism. We wanted to make sure Jesus was known and what he has done to us. Churches, there was a time in every church's pattern of life. Every church was a plant. And the church did things uh, with great gusto and passion, and the members were with a force to make sure that people in its area knew about Jesus. But something happens to us individually and as churches. Individually, we get comfortable. The fire goes out. Churches, we, we get distracted by other things, of other matters that most of the time, be honest, have nothing to do with the gospel color of the carpet the this thing that thing and yet what is the purpose that we have been called together as a church to go and make disciples the scripture that we read this morning is a really a reality check to us it is something that paul saw as something that he was called to do something that that I believe that all of us are called to do, that we are saved to share, that we are called to, to share the gospel. And the lack of urgency of Christians in the 21st century is both frightening and embarrassing. But I believe, with the Spirit's help and our commitment to God and to one another, that each of us, by the way, starting with me, and burn hot with the gospel of Jesus Christ again and make him known.
we share Christ, we see that this, this gospel is an opportunity for us to impact the world. And so for 2024, my prayer is for me and my family and for you, my family, that we would make Christ known greatly in 2024. That we together individually would be committed encouraged by one another and committed together about sharing the gospel and inviting people who have no church home regularly to church in this text I believe there are four reasons for us to make Christ known in 2024 are you ready number one we were saved to share Jesus we were saved to share Jesus. Now in verse 24 through 27, Paul gives a brief biographical snapshot of his ministry. He says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I'm completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's affliction for his body, that is, the church. I have become its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery uh, hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of his glory. In this small autobiographical material from Paul, we, we always see the full gospel message. And Paul was rejoicing in this ministry that he had been called to. He was saying, even, I know I've been called to this ministry that results in my suffering, yet I rejoice. We talked about that last year, right? Rejoicing even in suffering. He said, but I rejoice because what this ministry is doing is making Christ known and joining Christ on mission." Now, some might read this and say, well, Paul, is Paul adding to what he says that I'm completing in my flesh or lacking in Christ's affliction? No, what he's saying is, is, and what all Christians would believe and say, is that we have taken up our cross to follow Jesus and that we are contributing to Christ and the church and the proclamation of the gospel worldwide and when we say that we are saying Jesus we are joining you on your mission no matter the cost and Paul is saying that when he received the commission he is going to be faithful to it no matter the cost brothers and sisters this was just not Paul's commission this is to every faithful believer who has been saved by the same gospel. Brother Al, Pastor Al's wonderful message last week even told us about this. That the me message of reconciliation that God gave through his son has now passed to us. 2 Corinthians 5, 20, 21. Remember, he said, he read for us, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin be sin for us so that he, in him 
we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, we know through the scriptures that we have been saved so that we can share. That the gospel came to us, we were saved by this wonderful message, and now we've been given this message to pass along to someone else who needs to be saved. We are part of God's plan A for the gospel to cover the earth. And it becomes this miraculous thing that we understand that we were chosen before the foundation of the earth knowing that we would be part of someone coming along in our life that God planned to use us to share the gospel with them. And it's sad because so many of us don't have our jerseys dirty. And what do I mean by that? Well, uh, where I grew up, Salem, Virginia, we played in this, I think, four to 5,000 seat uh, stadium. Football was king. And to play for Salem meant the world. You were, you know, you were tough stuff. And to play in the Friday night, under the Friday night lights was a big deal. And you know how you, uh, in our stadium, in a home game, there would be like 60 kids, 60 players dressed up, ready to play. Now, we know football, 11 stars on one side, 11 on the other, that's 22. Maybe some subs mixed in there, so maybe 30, maybe 35. If you blew somebody out, maybe the JV might get in, so you might get 40, right? So how do you know if you got to play in the game? How could you tell? Your jersey was dirty. Now, what was interesting was you wanted to have your jersey dirty, right? Because you could tell everybody, hey, I played Friday night. I played last night. I remember one of my friends in one of the drills before the game, usually it's very you know, quick one-two step and then stop. So if you were just were getting ready for the game, he said, knock me over. I said, what? He said, knock me over. I was like, what? What do you mean knock you over? He's like, I want to get my jersey dirty so the girls know that I played after the game. So they see that I was one of the ones that went in there. You know, I'm afraid many of us who have been saved by Christ don't have our jersey dirty when it comes to sharing the gospel. We've sat on the sidelines and never even really entered the game. We've never even tried and ask the coach to get in. We've never wanted to step out in faith and share the gospel because we know evangelism is hard. We get rejected more than we get the yeses. But we know, just like Paul, that we share in the afflictions for the glory of Christ to make him known. Brothers and sisters, we've been saved to share and and many of us don't have, have our jerseys clean. We haven't shared Christ. We don't talk about him at school. We don't invite others to church. We're on the team, but we're not in the game. But brothers and sisters, we need to make Christ known because we were saved to share. Secondly, what do we see here? As number two, with clarity proclaim the good news of Jesus. 
with clarity proclaim the good news of Jesus. Verse 28 begins this. We proclaim him. Well, what is that? Well, it's a callback to what Paul had just said. What is this mystery? What is this, this message that saves, that's been hidden, but now has been revealed? It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. You see, Paul's statement of 127 is reminding us that Christ is indeed the hope of our glory. It makes perfect sense that this is Paul's message. That he is the one whom we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that, that we know that it is Christ presented from the scriptures. And ultimately, the focus of our faith is not a doctrine, it's not a spirituality, it's a person. And his name is Jesus. And we need to make sure that we don't mix up programs or social reforms or any other message that we might be sharing because the only message that should be on our lips is Jesus, only Jesus. Maybe we could take some example. We, we can remember that maybe we have failed or maybe not shared the gospel well. Maybe you've not known how to share the gospel with someone. Maybe you're like the, the barber who was saved at the revival meeting and he was knew he was supposed to share the gospel and he was he wanted to be obedient and he just kept getting worked up because he didn't know um, uh, he didn't know what to say he he was just practicing it in his head he had stayed up all night thinking what he was going to do with his first client and he was he was walking all these different the roman road and faith and all these things were going through his head and he didn't know how he was going to share Jesus and so he got his first client in his chair and put him back and put the robe around him and and uh, got the said he was just thinking how is he going to get into this and so he took out his blade to shave him and he and he just stood over him like this and do you want to meet Jesus today <laughs> I, I, I don't recommend you using that strategy but at least he knew who we needed to meet we need to talk about Jesus. Maybe we take that example from Peter's sermon in the second book, chapter of Acts. Fellow brothers, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs that God did among you through him. Just as you yourselves know, though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to the cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death. Amen? And that is what we need to be reminded, that we need to speak about Jesus clearly. We need to talk that Jesus came according to the scriptures and lived a perfect life. And he was sacrificed on a cross for our sins and God raised him up three days later so that those who might believe in him will never perish but have eternal life brothers and sisters we need to ask people to a relationship with Jesus there's a lot of things that people want to talk about and want to believe and they might, not, they might even say 
I go to, or, you know, we've met people who say, well, we go to this church. What's the pastor's name? I don't know. Well, when was the last time you went there? Well, it was 20 years ago, so I don't remember. Say, look, I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you if you know your pastor. I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? Because it's him whom you will be saved. Brothers and sisters, make sure Jesus is on your mind and Jesus is on your lips and share him often. Number three, with urgency, number three, with urgency, warn people about eternity. With urgency, warn people without eternity. In verse 28, he says, we proclaim him. So we proclaim Jesus. Warning. This word is admonishing, warning. Paul uses this word over and over again to admonish people, to warn people about false doctrine or falling away from Christ or to be reminded of what it is to be without Christ from eternity. Brothers and sisters, we know that the Bible teaches that there is hell to avoid and heaven to gain through faith in Jesus Christ. We know the dangers that exist from being separated from God for all eternity. Brothers and sisters, knowing this truth should cause us to leap to our feet and to proclaim Christ to all our family members and friends because we love them and care about their eternity. It should cause us to be as urgent as if we saw one of our children here at the church sprinting towards 237 with all the cars that are going back and forth the same urgency we would go to save them from pending death we should be with urgent for the pending death of eternal death for their souls and friends we need to make sure that we have eternity in mind when we share the gospel and we need to be reminded our call as being people who are standing in the gap for those who don't know Jesus. Many years ago, there was a party that was given at a community pool. They, were, they had actually invited all their lifeguards, about 100 of them, who had served through the summer, all the trainers, the board, the people of the neighborhood, and they were celebrating. You know what they were celebrating? <laughs> they were celebrating that there were no accidents that year said hey we we did great we have been vigilant everybody's been safe they were celebrating they had a party well at the end of the party as they were everybody was leaving the pool the pool had been crowded the people were leaving and they found someone who had died at the bottom of the pool very ironic that they were celebrating that no deaths had occurred and that night one did and even more so that there were plenty of people there surrounding to help them that was qualified brothers and sisters that's what's happening in our lives right now we are all qualified and empowered to share the gospel and there are so many around us who are dying without Jesus may this not be for us and may 2024 be something that we consider our very own ministry field. Where you live, where you work, where you go to school, students, that is your ministry field for you to impact lives for Jesus. Can we just 
see just some understanding real quick about our ministry field for a moment right now Boone County has grown in population from 2010 to 2020 from 118,811 people to in 2020 135,968 residents in Boone County that, that's great growth and those of you who have been here a long time have seen most of that even since before 2010 you've seen a lot of changes but here's what's disturbing to me in the worship attendance and these are people who attend uh, Catholic church synagogues Muslims Mormon temples Protestant churches of all nature in 2010 10% of Boone County attended services 11,000 people 881 but even with the rise of population friends look what happened less people are attending worship now than before that means more people are lost without Jesus to put that in perspective show this next number there are 126,450 people lost without Jesus and I would say that's on the low end because of all the names that were included in the study guys look at that number grieve about that number cry about that number because those are people that we pass and live with and none of us including myself can say that we don't know anyone who doesn't have a church home or doesn't know Jesus if that if you do that means that you never leave your house this is the first time you've got left your house all week because you've never met anybody else we have a ministry field that needs the gospel and needs Jesus friends we have had and been saved by this wonderful gospel message and we must live urgently to share it and we're in a place if we're not speaking regularly with people who don't know Jesus, we need to change. We need, if we aren't around these people, something needs to change in our patterns. Maybe you purposefully need to say, I'm going to do one activity a week. And the sole purpose of it is just to be around lost people. Whatever your patterns or habits are, we know that there are people around us that need the gospel. We need to consider eternity in our mind and how we must make ourselves available to those who need Jesus. So fourth and finally, with intentionality, lead others to take a next step in Christ. Verse 28, we proclaim him mourning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Maybe by now you've realized this is our verse, our purpose verse as a church that we always get this next step message from, that we are reminding that we are calling people into maturity. In verse 28, teaching everyone with all wisdom that everyone is mature. In this passage, Paul uses the term everyone or every man three times and it's evident that he is intended to rule out any idea of a church within a church 
composed of those alone who are able to benefit of deeper truths. He is saying that there is everyone has the opportunity to grow and mature in faith. That means, as we say every week, that there are people here in our presence and in our homes and in our community and in our schools that need to take the first step to follow Jesus. And the next step that they need to take is faithfulness in Jesus or growing in their faith or growing in uh, the community of Christ, growing in uh, the church. So here, that's why we've decided to equip each other, equip you, equip those who come to take our next step so that we might present everyone mature in faith. And we do so with the same attitude that Paul says, I labor for this, striving in the strength that works powerfully in me. That we don't do it on our own. Because it's God working in us. That we are being enabled by God to do great things. And I believe that somewhere along the way we have forgotten that God can do powerfully big things through you. That you sharing the message in a feeble maybe poor manner, God can use that and save somebody. That you can be the difference in someone's eternity. Brothers and sisters, we need to be reminded how are we growing in maturity? Are we plugged into a life group? Are we plugged into a deep group? Are we going on mission? Are we serving? Are we leading? Who are we bringing along? And that is the question and challenge for us in 2020. 24. Who are we going to share the gospel and bring along to maturity in Christ? As you leave, you'll receive one of these bracelets to challenge you to be reminded of this challenge. And we're going to be reminded throughout the year. We're going to be challenging each other. We're going to be praying for each other. We're going to be helping one another. If you need if you need training for this, then we'll help provide it. If you need encouragement for this, we'll do that. Whatever it takes, we want to see Northern Kentucky turned upside down by Jesus. And we want to do it through us. So what is the challenge? Four and 24. Hey, I know that's not really, we didn't really deep to the bottom of creativity there. We, but we want to remember that, right? Four and 24. Four people. Who are four people that you have and can build a relationship with to, tr to lead and share the gospel with and bring them to the Lord by his help? Four people that you will intentionally pray for, have in your home if need be, invite to church, but ultimately lead to Christ. Or the second one, four people in a month or one a week every week we should be thinking who can we invite to church who is God going to lead in our path this week that needs to be invited to church this Wednesday somebody I shared on our Facebook page to pray for Sarah I can remember her name I can't remember I wonder why because of my Sarah but I, but I don't remember her last name but she lives over here in Lawrenceburg she doesn't have a church she does, drives all the way to Florence and she doesn't have anywhere to go and when we were having a lunch meeting there I invited her to church she said, I'll do that. I'd love to come. I'll bring my boyfriend along. I said, okay. Well, when are you going to come? 
And she said, well, I've got to work this Sunday. I said, okay. Well, I'll see you next Sunday. And I told her, I told her Hebrew Baptist Church, 1030 Sundays, 15 times. So let's pray for Sarah. But friends, we've got to be praying and thinking who God might be bringing in our path. It might be one of the four that you're intentionally praying for, but we need to be available for who God is going to bring in our path that needs to come. Look, remember, 126,450 people are not plugged into a church. That means that when we get into comparing churches, it doesn't matter because all the churches in northern Kentucky could be full tomorrow and we still not even hardly put a dent in the lostness of northern Kentucky. So friends, we need to be reminded of the call. So and let me just tell you this. We, there is a promise from the Lord that if we work, he will be faithful. You know statistics, Tom Rayner has studied this, that unchurched people, that unchurched people who have, don't have a church home, that 85% of them would uh, agree to come to church with someone if invited. Now, there's different ways to do that. You can say, hey, would you come to church with me? That would probably be a great first step. But you know, another way to increase that percentage a little bit and make sure that maybe they felt comfortable, say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? I will meet you at the door so I can show you where to take your kids or where to sit. You can sit beside me and we can go to, ch we can go to church together. That would probably raise the pro probability a whole lot. And you know, another way to do that, to raise it even more, hey, come to church with me this Sunday and, you know, and I will meet you at the door and you can come sit with me. I will show you where to go and then I'll take you out to lunch afterwards or I'll have you over for lunch afterwards. That will raise it up anymore. Friends, we need to think how intentional we can be to impact lives for the gospel. So we should be praying and thinking right now to accomplish this challenge. What friend a relative or acquaintance or neighbor shortened Fran that God has put in my life that needs Jesus or a church home. Who is that? I bet you there's a name that comes right, right there. Maybe you need to be praying and thinking, who will God put in my path this week to invite to church? Imagine what your spiritual growth and your life in Christ would change if you just took those two things and would constantly think and pray and act on those. So friends, join us in the 4 for 24 challenge. I want to just get close with just a few things. Satan wants to distract you from what everything I just said. He wants to steal that whatever God is doing in your heart right now. He wants to steal it, take it away. So I want you to do this. No matter what happens, and no matter what the kid does to throw at you from the back seat and you get upset on the way home, or the person that swerves in front of you, or, or that whatever happens, or your team loses today, or whatever happens... Satan wants to distract you from what he has told, God has told you in his word today. And I encourage you to don't let the deceiver win. How do you not let him win? Share Jesus. Invite someone to church. But when you go, if you go out to eat today, 
invite your waiter or waitress to church so that you don't forget and that you're already right there or you know somebody send that text message schedule that lunch be intentional about that person you know that you need to meet and have that conversation about Jesus youth invite your friend to youth group tonight don't wait till next week or tomorrow do it now before you leave or not right after I'm done but do it before you leave so that they can come and your parent can help bring them don't wait because what is Satan going to do he's going to fill it with something and you're going to forget about it so I'm going to ask you I'm going to pray I'm going to close I'm going to ask you to do something we don't do all the time here and I'm going to ask you while we sing this next song I want you to come and pray at the altar I want you to pray for the person that you already have God's brought to your mind pray for yourself that you would that you would follow Jesus in obedience pray for our church that we would be faithful pray that that the person would respond to the invitation that you're going to get whatever it is pray in response to what God has called you obediently to do from this message today so as the band comes up to lead us in, in prayer I want you to as soon as they start playing I want you to come and pray and ask God to do a work through us and the people that we intend to share the gospel with in 2024. Heavenly Father, we hear your word, acknowledge your word, know that we have not been faithful. But praise God, you are. And the same gospel that saves us is the gospel that forgives. And so Lord, when we have not done it in the past, we know we're forgiven. And you are sovereign and you are king. But God, for us to be obedient to see northern Kentucky turned upside down by Jesus, help us to be obedient and faithful to you in the call of the Great Commission. Help us to impact lives by being faithful to sharing Jesus and making him fully known. We ask all this and the power within us and for you to do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand to your feet. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind.
just stop everything and take a bird's eye view, a little higher. There, now we can see the multitudes. We are fueled by a shared vision to bring the name of Christ to those who have yet to hear. So we move forward to extreme places, corners of the world that have no access to the gospel. We train missionaries, send them out together, and pray that God's grace be known. We help the hurting, comfort the dying, give hope to the displaced, and have seen thousands come to faith in Christ. We are able to do so much more together than if we were chasing this vision alone. This is our common effort, together. We're thankful for our partnership with other churches, to the International Mission Board, to send missionaries all over the planet. We did that through gospel, to, sorry, <laughs> a Lottie Moon Christmas offering, but also it goes on, not just through Christmas time, throughout the year. All of our combined giving goes through a cooperative program to support those missionaries, and we're thankful for their call to impact the world for Jesus. A couple quick announcements. And then we'll have an opportunity to give. If you want to give or participate in giving, there's two ways. We'll be doing it physically here in just a second, but if you'd like to do so electronically, right in front of you, there's a QR code that you can scan to give electronically or on the screen. Or if you're at home, you can do that uh, from your chair or wherever you are watching and worshiping this morning. A couple quick things. Guests, we're glad that you are here today on the first Sunday, Lord's Day of the year. Uh, if you want to be connected and take your next step, go to our Next Steps desk through the first... These double doors to the immediate left, they, have an, uh, they want to connect you and can connect you to a life group or a D group or maybe you would say, hey, I want to be baptized or I want to learn how to share my faith. I'll be standing there and love to talk to you about that. A couple things coming up in two Sundays. I'm looking forward to this. We had a great time last year. Our chili cook-off and soup potluck. This will be right after church. You can compete and put a chili in our cook-off or you can bring a soup, a crock of soup to share. The church will provide an option for kids and my wife. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but for, uh, for us to eat together. So we hope that you would come and participate in that. The same day, the youth and families will be going tubing right after the potluck. And so there's the cost and information in there. You can see uh, Kyle or me for the link so that we can make sure you get your information. And next Sunday is is the deadline to pay for that um, uh, real quick uh, we're going to have our offering and then we're going to sing one song and right at the end if you just sit down we have one more quick announcements before we leave but other than that let's go to our time of offering okay heavenly father thank you so much that you've shown us your generosity to save through the gospel of jesus christ and god may we be generous as we give of our finances so that the world might know that we might reach the kingdom, that we might do more things to reach northern Kentucky for Jesus. And so, Lord, be with us. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be generous givers as we give back to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Crucified is reigning at the Father's side. His foolishness of those who cannot see, blind. 
Blinded by the lies they have believed So let the church arise Let the anthem ring To all the journalists Christ the risen King The song of the redeemed Oh, we shall sing The hope of all 